Welcome to the Comics Course, a podcast offering by Miskatonic University's Remote Education Program, offering Literature 209, Graphical Literature and Society and History. I am your Professor Hamby, accompanied by my TA, Rowan. Say hello, Rowan. Hello, Rowan. If you have comments or questions, I'm on Twitter as Prof Hamby. That is P-R-O-F-H-A-M-B-Y. Let's get class started. Class is back in session. This is our second one picked entirely by Rowan. And she's cringing as I say that. So why don't you tell folks what you chose for this We Had to Punt Because We Ran Out of Time and This Week is Crap for Me uh, episode. What certain Marvel movies did right versus what other ones were bad and what they did wrong versus what the good ones did right. Mm -hmm. So to be clear for folks, we're going to branch out a little bit in this lit session because we're going to talk about their relationship to the comics in passing, probably. I can't help myself sometimes. But we're n we are not actually going to talk about the comic properties here. These are comic book movies based on comic properties. But we are primarily going to talk about the storytelling in the movies and what does and doesn't work. Now, you selected the individual movies, too. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about two first that didn't work and then two that did. Now, start us off with... Our first one here. Captain America Civil War. So this was the third Captain America. And my least favorite of the three. Same. Uh, we actually are going to talk about the first Captain America uh, later because it's a great one. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, interestingly, I thought Winter Soldier was a mixed bag yeah. of good and bad. Yeah. I actually thought it was more good than bad. Agreed. But Civil War... I thought was the kind of movie you go see because you're really stoned and you can't follow a well-written movie. You yeah. know, like, oh man, those new edibles I got. That shit was strong. Let's just go see superheroes beat each other up. Yeah, that sounds fun. Now, this does play into a shtick that was common with the Marvel comics. You know, oh, there's a misunderstanding or something and... Usually in the comics, it was a misunderstanding and the superheroes are going to fight each other. Then in the comics, usually, you know, at the end, they find out that they're both misunderstand what's happening and team up against the real bad guy. Mm -hmm. This was based on a comic book series called Civil War that was a huge crossover event because Marvel executives needed a new Porsches or Lamborghinis, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And uh, it turns out that taking their wives to private Blackpink concerts is really fucking expensive. Mm -hmm. So they do these crossover events to get, you know, nerd boys to buy a bunch of comics they don't actually want because they don't want to feel left out of an event. It, it, is, it, is, it is marketing manipulation of FOMO in a way that is toxic and sad that it works. And while obviously not criminal on the part of the companies, they deserve to be beaten for it, probably. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it was a highly successful series, and it got good regards from people for its themes. So, of course, the Russo brothers went, this shit's going to be a movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it hit uh, uh, as well as they would have liked. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, lots of people love this movie. Yeah. 
And that's because lots of people don't think about what they consume as entertainment, mm -hmm. which is kind of sad. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this movie will endure. It has a, I will say up front, it has a phenomenal scene in an airport in Germany. Which and, I still think is one of the best fight scenes they've ever done. And I think that's the only thing this movie did right. I have put this movie on TV and just skipped to and watched that fight scene and nothing else in the movie. Same. So good. Now, let's talk about what I think are the three major things you have to talk about in a superhero movie. Really, most movies. But... Mm -hmm. And everything else that you do somehow works towards making these three things good. Characters, threat, and resolution. Now, threat is where we talk about the so-called villain problem, where the antagonist is not very good. You know, And when we talk about things like how action scenes are done, how dialogue is written, how pacing is done, these are all aspects of building up those other things. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about character first. This is a Captain America movie, but Iron Man plays a major part in it. Mm -hmm. And these are both great actors. Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. both dominate their roles. They're mm -hmm. both great in their roles. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that I think it's a shitty movie doesn't change that. They're yeah. both amazing. Mm -hmm. A lot of the other actors are really good in here, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Jeremy Rayner is really good. I think mm -hmm. Anthony Mackie is good. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen. We can go on and on. But, actors. you know, the fact that they can deliver a shitty line well doesn't make it not a shitty line. Yeah. And the characters are only as good as their motivation. And I've got problems with motivation here. So there's an event that triggered the desire for these Slovakia Accords. Mm -hmm. Multiple events that... The end of Age of Ultron, obviously things went really bad in Slovakia. Mm -hmm. And Iron Man has a lot of guilt about this, because it's basically his and Bruce Banner's fault. Yeah. And Bruce Banner has, you know, bailed. He's off planet. So they decide the Avengers need oversight. Mm -hmm. And... and because they have concerns here. Now, there is a follow-up event that Tony Stark's not involved with where people are hurt, including Wakandans who are studying abroad. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. <coughs> and basically, politicians start saying to themselves, we have these people that are mobile weapons of mass destruction. Mm -hmm. And this is a problem. So we need a superhero registration act. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they did in the comics. Here they call it something different. And they basically say the Avengers are going to answer to the government. Which, actually, the Avengers' relationship with the UN and the comics was very long-standing. Uh, long before Civil War. And I think they avoided that in the movie because they did not want Iron Man to be on the side of something that was clearly kind of a metaphor for things like registering ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. Which in the comics, it was a metaphor for. Oh, you're Asian? We can't trust you, you yellow people. We gotta register you and track you. Which is the kind of stuff they've done in World Wars. But they didn't want to do that. So they kind of did a touchy-feely. Well, that plays to the threat. The threat feels weaker. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to get behind hating registering people as if they aren't human. Yeah. 
But here it was, the Avengers have to answer to the UN. And I think it's a lot easier to go, you know, maybe they should. Yeah, what, what's the big deal? <laughs> and the fact that Captain America is so opposed to this. I mean, he is a symbol of liberty, but he's also a soldier. And they make a big deal about, in the previous movies, that he is a soldier's soldier. And now suddenly he's not. Mm-hmm. Now, you could, you know, kind of choke this up to him becoming disillusioned at the end of Winter Soldier mm-hmm. with discovering the government was so affected by Hydra. They make references to that in the movie. Mm-hmm. But to just on a spot flip from being I'm a soldier and I follow orders to you can never trust any government entity ever. It felt rushed. It, fe- it felt awkward, even if there's a plausible explanation for it. Mm-hmm. And didn't feel like him. And there's a difference between these two things. I mean, he was opposed to taking secret orders from a spy organization doing secret things in foreign waters versus we're about to commit acts of violence in a public place around civilians in international territories. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are different things. Uh-huh. And I don't think Steve Rogers' character is so stupid that he can't acknowledge that. Yeah. And yet he was that stupid in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you made a comment about their behavior when we were talking about this earlier. I'd mm-hmm. like you to repeat. Did about- it didn't just feel like him? Well, you were talking about them acting like children. Oh, yeah. I just, I wasn't interested in watching a movie with a bunch of grown-ass adults and hearing them whine like tweens. Right. And there are adults who act like that, of course. But do you watch a, a, a superhero movie for that? No. So the character felt damaged. It did mm. not feel like the characters. It felt like they were rewriting the characters to fit the script. Mm-hmm. To fit what the plot they wanted to develop. And at the meantime, and, and while they're doing this, the threat doesn't feel significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the threat becomes confusing because we're kind of introduced to this idea that the conflict over the Slovakia Accords and what they're going to do is the driving threat. And then they introduce the subplot that is actually way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the character of, you know, this guy who lost his family in Slovakia and finds out the secret information about the Winter Soldier program and what he's going to do. And you're like, this spy thriller stuff is way more interesting. And he's a way more interesting villain. I wanted a movie with him. Captain America as the villain and or Iron Man as the villain and they received most of the screen time, were not very interesting. No. But this guy was. Mm-hmm. And his threat was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was the subplot. While you wanted it to be the main plot. Uh-huh. And so the character is damaged, the threat is damaged, and then we get to the resolution, and... I love subverted expectations. I loved that he didn't raise these winter soldiers up into a killing army, but assassinated them because he didn't want anybody else to have them. But 
I don't think that was satisfying for most people. And then the movie ended on a major downer with the split between Captain America and Iron Man, which it's implied was somehow part of the plot by the bad guy the whole time, even though he did absolutely nothing ever in the movie to make that happen. Mm-hmm. That he had any control over or knowledge of. Yeah. It, it just didn't work. And I was, it was confusing. And the actions of some of the characters, like Paul Bettany's vision, was a complete asshole uh-huh. to the Scarlet Witch. Which he's normally super sweet to her. He has been super sweet in every instance of interaction with her, except this movie, where he's like a gaslighting, controlling asshole. Uh-huh. It, <laughs> where did my vision go? That right. didn't feel right. And so the whole thing's a mess, and it doesn't work anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the dialogue was okay. The pacing was okay. The The fight scene at the airport was great. The other fight scenes I didn't think were all that impressive. They were kind of neutral yeah. Marvel fight scenes. So, I mean, even on first watching, this movie didn't click with me. Same. Now, Avengers Endgame is an interesting difference. You You called this one out, too. Mm. This is a movie that on initial watch, I, I liked. Same. Because it's so overwhelming. And I was so excited, and all the movies have built up to this, and... You have that giant ensemble cast, mm-hmm. you know, when the female superheroes line up at the end, and you get to see Rescue for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yeah! Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Wakandans come through the portal with the Asgardians in another portal, and it's just, it feels awesome! Mm-hmm. But then you watch it a second time, and you're like... What the fuck is this? This makes no sense. I mean, now that I'm not being overwhelmed by all the visuals, this is a complete mess. Uh-huh. Complete and utter fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Um, from the repeated deus ex machinas undermining threats, mm-hmm. the absolutely bewildering end where they snap Thanos away. Let's talk about resolution here. So I've had people say, well, you know what he did when he snapped his fingers, meaning the Hulk, is he sent them all back in time and wiped their memories so we don't end up with a temporal paradox. Okay. Then why did they make the decision to have them disappear visually with that falling apart graphic that they used for the people who just blinked out for five years? Mm-hmm. Because if they either did something that made zero sense storytelling-wise... Or they took a major CGI moment of the movie to completely confuse the shit out of the audience. Which is not good. Right. Visual cues are supposed to support the story, not undermine it. And confuse me. Right. And let's talk about characters. Were there any in here? Not any that I could think of as the main protagonist of the movie. Right. I mean, it's such an ensemble film that it's it's just this constant cavalcade. Mm-hmm. There's no character development of any kind. Mm-hmm. Now, in theory, I guess, you know, this is not that kind of movie. But when you don't have character, you don't care. Mm-hmm. And we start off the movie being told, you know, it's been five years. All these people have had all this horrible hardship. 
is that really communicated to us in a meaningful way? Not really. I mean, we see Captain America at like a survivor's meeting, but we're not really told who he lost other than some fellow Avengers. Uh, and, and let's keep in mind, this is a guy who probably lost a bunch of friends in the war. Mm-hmm. And indeed, lost everybody just a few years before when he came out of cryogenic freeze. And they explain that feeling way better in those movies than this one. Right. And, I mean, we feel it a bit for Hawkeye as Ronan. Mm-hmm. Although not enough. Mm-hmm. And if they had just spent some time with two characters and really doing it in depth, that would have done a lot more than just saying this happened. I mean, where is the story about the plane crashing when the pilots poofed out mm-hmm. and the grieving families? Now, I thought the war mem- the, the memorial for the people who were blinked out was good. It was a powerful moment. Right. Uh, I thought some of the follow-up works that we're not talking about today explored that better. Mm-hmm. But this is the movie they had to explore it in because that's the threat, that it doesn't get reversed. Thanos has fucked off and become a farmer. He's not an ongoing threat. These people not coming back is the threat. Mm-hmm. And they don't stab us in the heart with it. There's a little bit of gravity to it, but this is the 22nd movie. This is the build-up from a whole bunch of stuff. It's the, sec- it's the fourth Avengers movie. This needs to be the threat to end all threats, and we need to be emotionally invested. And I don't think they did it. Agreed. And they didn't build characters, and the resolution was completely ruined by bad CGI decisions, and, which is a storytelling decision. Mm-hmm. And other weird storytelling decisions that didn't make sense. Don't even get me started on the unnecessarily convoluted time travel stuff. Uh, the only good thing, the only good thing to come out of that was the Loki TV series, which fucking killed it. The, it was excellent. That was amazing. That was one of the best TV shows they've done so far. Right, but we're talking about movies. Mm-hmm. So now let's get to the two good movies. Which one do you want to do first? First Captain America movie, because we just talked about Civil War. Okay. So, this was obviously not the first Marvel movie. I want to say it was the second or... No, it was the fifth one. There were a couple of Iron Man movies first. There was the Hulk movie, which people have largely forgotten. And this was an origin story. Now, there is an advantage that this has over ensemble pieces. Notice... The two bad movies were ensemble pieces. It is hard to write good ensemble mm-hmm. movies. And it is easier doing an origin. And both of the good ones we're going to talk about is an origin story. And they have an advantage of you can spend more time with a primary character and build them up. And there's a reason in my three criteria I put character first before threat and resolution. Because it's all about character. If you don't mm-hmm. care about the character, nothing else matters. Then I don't care if they get their ending or if they die. Right. Now, Chris Evans is here in his second Marvel role. The first one was he was Human Torch and some awful Fantastic Four movies done by Fox. And he sold it. I mean, I'll be honest. I was unsure that I wanted to see a Captain America movie because I wasn't sure they could do a Captain America that I thought worked. And he pulled it off. He's amazing. 
He was. Uh, Haley Atwell was just stunning as Peggy Carter. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, just amazing. Tommy Lee Jones chewed the scenery perfectly in every scene he was in. Uh-huh. Hugo Weaving was just an awesome, awesome Red Skull. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just dominated. He felt legitimately scary. Right. So, let's start with character. They introduce him, not as Captain America, but they introduce him as Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. He's the 90-pound weakling. And we see him volunteering for the war. And when they won't take him for the war, he goes again and again and tries to get in. Mm-hmm. He wants to fight. He wants to do the right thing. He wants to stand up for America. Mm-hmm. And even though they portrayed him as the weakling, he didn't whine throughout the movie. He never whined. And when he got beat the shit out of in an alley, mm-hmm. he just stood back up. Mm-hmm. He's bleeding. He can barely stand. I can do this all day. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh-huh. It tells you so much about his character. And it makes you really want to root for him. And even later on, when he's Captain America and they have him doing these shows and he feels stupid, you get to see the artistic side of him as he's drawing. And he's drawing himself as a monkey. Uh-huh. You know, because he feels like he's, like, you know, a sideshow monkey at a carnival. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it tells you so much you need to know about this character. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And... And we find out little details, like his dad died in World War I mm-hmm. from mustard gas. His mom died not that long ago, it seems like. Uh, so he's alone in the world, except for his friend Bucky, which is a deviation from the comics where Bucky was a little kid at, during World War II. But, and, and we see that when he is selected by Dr. Erskine to become Captain America, he's not selected because he's a soldier. He's selected for his heart. Mm-hmm. In other words, Erskine believes that the person who goes through this treatment will become essentially the world's first superhuman. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be somebody who has the moral and ethical framework to be a symbol for others. Mm-hmm. And we see other hints of it, like, you know, when they're at the flagpole and he uses intelligence to accomplish what nobody else will. So we establish somebody who's not a mindless agent. Mm -hmm. He's intelligent. He's questioning. He has moments of weakness. But he has strong character. And so we're rooting for him. And when he Mm -hmm. becomes Captain America, we're thrilled. There's, I mean, just becoming Captain America is a victory that we cheer for. Uh Because we like him. Mm-hmm. And, and we want him to do well. And he's won a victory. Mm-hmm. And this is a form of wish fulfillment for men. I mean, I, 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 most men aren't 90-pound weaklings, but we are real people who, you know, exercise is hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome to jump in a chamber and come out built like Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> With, with all the bodybuilding and, you know, health training that money can buy, uh-huh. right? Yeah. <laughs> but we don't make fun of it. Instead, we're thrilled for him. Uh-huh. Now, let's look at the threat. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, they did something very smart in that they used the Red Skull because he's a Nazi. And who doesn't hate Nazis? 
a, a good portion of America these days, apparently, um, considering, you know, some of the crap happening. Um, well, let's not get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll skip past some of that. Let me just say, it's okay to punch Nazis. Uh, <laughs> and... But that's a great piggybacking. You don't have to go to a ton of work to establish Nazis equal bad Mm -hmm. among any rational people in the world. Uh And then you layer on top of that. Oh, my God. He's a Nazi with an artifact from Odin's treasure chamber. And God knows how powerful this is. And then we establish, oh, they do experiments on prisoners so, and, and build these devices. So these are mythological reaping. They're literally stealing powers of mythological scope. Doing weird science, human experimentations, Nazis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just nothing to not dislike about them. Mm-hmm. And Hugo Weaving sold it all. Perfectly. Amazingly. Yeah. Like I said, he has such creepy presence. Oh, and he does this in everything. I mean, I, I I don't know. The Matrix, Lord of the Rings, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I mean, he, he just steals the show in everything. He's he doing. just makes my skin crawl. He's amazing. Yeah, he's great. But he does Noble just as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the resolution. He has to sacrifice himself. He can't actually defeat this threat. Captain America... Defeats the Red Skull and stops the big war machine, but there's this plane flying and there's a, the Tesseract on board. And he has to commit a powerful action of self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And this is after he had to, you know, say no to Natalie Dormer earlier, which I think was a pretty big self sacrifice in its own right. Look, I'm just saying if Natalie Dormer came up to me and said, let me show you how we do it in England. I'd be like, bring the cup of tea. But he didn't. Not that Haley Atwell is, I mean. She's gorgeous. She is. I mean, absolutely. And seems to have a really good spirit to her. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not just about physical appearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just exudes strength of mm-hmm. character. Gotta love that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, here's this guy. He has a woman he loves, a woman that you don't blame him for loving. Mm -hmm. She's not a whiny bitch. She's a Mm -hmm. strong, powerful, intelligent character. And he's given up so much for duty, and now he's going to give his life. Mm -hmm. And this is an example. I talked earlier about subverting expectations in uh, Civil War. This is an example of subverting expectations well. He doesn't punch out the bad guy and hold his fist up saving the world. He has to push the plane down in the Arctic waters. And sacrifice himself. And it's, an, it's a sub, not a huge subversion of expectations for people who know the comics. Mm-hmm. But still, plot-wise, it is. And, and it works. And as someone who didn't really know anything about the comics the first time I watched it, I was not expecting it. And it hit on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. So, another origin story, and I was really worried about this one, too. Oh, I was Um, worried about this one, too. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
I am a fan of the 70s Shang-Chi comics. I'm a fan of 60s and 70s Kung Fu, period. Kung Fu movies, Kung Fu comics, Kung Fu magazines. I just... Mm. I, I'm, I'm there for all of that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see Shang-Chi on the screen, but to be honest, the 70s Shang-Chi needed updating. Yeah. Were they going to do it right? And God damn it, they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wanted to see him in just one scene in that old cheesy red and yellow gi. Maybe if they do a sequel, we can get it in one scene. Maybe. Maybe. But for those who don't know, uh, Shang-Chi was played by a younger uh, actor. Uh, I, I am concerned I'm going to get the name wrong, but bear with me, I'm trying Simu Lu. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, I knew him from a Canadian uh, sitcom called Kim's Convenience, mm-hmm. where he played a very understated role. He got a lot more range in this role. Mm-hmm. And it was part of an ensemble. He wasn't the primary character most of the time. Mm-hmm. Although I really wanted to see him in a convenience store in this Same. movie. It didn't have to be Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. But I really, really wanted an after credit scene where he walks into a convenience store that looks like Kim's Convenience, just, like, buys a drink and leaves. Same. He... <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's stupid, but it I would, wanted that. It would have made my soul so happy. Right, exactly. And the other actors in this movie were just amazing. But we'll mm-hmm. talk about them as we go through our parts. So, character. Mm-hmm. They, okay, I am a big critic of flashbacks. I think flashbacks are usually done very poorly. Mm. Movies where you keep flashing back over and over and over again are 98% of the time just distracting. Mm. But this movie did them well. And they Mm. didn't feel distracting in this movie. And we got to see his... We got to see his father meeting his mother. We got to see him being raised by his mother. Mm -hmm. We got to see the consequences of the mother's death. And how the father's attitude changed. We got character. Mm-hmm. We got motivation. We know why these people are the way they are. I mean, Shang-Chi has reason to be damaged and hurt. Mm-hmm. The father, the Mandarin, has reason for what he's doing. He's actually one of the best villains they've ever put in a Marvel movie. Uh-huh. Which normally they have trouble with villains, but he was excellent. Right. I mean, mean, manic. I mean, he obviously had gone insane. Mm -hmm. But in a way that's understandable, grief will do that to Mm -hmm. you. I mean, here's a man that's lived over a thousand years and has only found love once. And she died. And that's got to drive you nuts. Mm -hmm. Right? And the sister, her motivation makes sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody's. And even the side character... Everything they did in the movie with her made sense. Now, I didn't like all of it. I thought her suddenly becoming Hawkeye at the end of the movie was cheesy and stupid. (laughs) But at least they built up to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, at least it all made sense. So the characters were there. And they did an excellent job of balancing Chinese heritage with the modern world. I mean, Mm. when... I, I was scared. When they showed him walking into Katie's family's place to have breakfast, 
I, I, I cringed at the casual racism I was about to see. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And I cheered. Uh-huh. They were normal people of Chinese descent living in America with mixed generations, with mixed comfort in English and Chinese, mm-hmm. and mixed customs of modern America with their Chinese culture, mm-hmm. which is realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it shouldn't be that hard. Mm-hmm. I was so happy. So the characters worked. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the threat. The threat is coming from the father, mm-hmm. who... Okay, let's talk about how everything in this movie was on two levels. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. So, un- there's going to be a physical conflict with the father, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they do some brilliant things with the pacing by making it not linear, because they don't want to just go guns blazing punching at their dad. Mm-hmm. They love him. Mm-hmm. Despite their problematic relationships. Mm-hmm. And relationships are problematic. When he fight when Shang-Chi fights his sister, there's an emotional undercurrent because we know that he abandoned her and she has rage towards him. Mm-hmm. When they fight his father, there is a familial emotional thing happening there Mm -hmm. i mean it is not a coincidence that when shang chi grabs him by the shoulder and arm and spins him around in front of the monster's lair it is an exact replay of what his mother did to him Mm -hmm. and you see that when when the bad guy played by uh tony leung looks up he has that recognition in his face and by the way tony leung is an amazing actor yeah just amazing and and when when I saw this and I had not seen Simu Lu in anything but his, Kim's Convenience and I was still on the fence and they said, okay, this person's... In this, and then they said Michelle Yeoh and Tony Leung. And I was like, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Chinese cinema. Both of these actors are just mind-blowingly good. I, I would watch them in commercials for mouthwash. <laughs> anything. Literally. Um... And Michelle Yeoh, I mean, all the way back to her earliest Hong Kong films, just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's aged very gracefully. I still think she's a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when she was younger, she wasn't just attractive. She was hot. Just saying it. It has to be put out there. Still very, very attractive woman, in my opinion. Um... And I shouldn't call him the Mandarin because, you know, they make a comment about how that's a joke. His name is Winwu. I, w- I was so excited when they made that joke. I was like, a comic book joke I got. Right. Yes. And so we have these emotional undercurrents to these conflicts. Mm-hmm. Now, not every conflict. Um, but there is a second layer to most of the conflicts. When they're on that bus, it's not mm-hmm. just Shang-Chi fighting the bad guys. They're on a moving bus. The guy gets knocked out. Somebody has to take over so they don't crash and wreck. But the brakes are gone mm-hmm. because the fight has severed them. The uh, companion character, whose name I'm blanking on right now, she, you know, they made comments about her driving earlier and showed how she loves to hot rod. Now she gets to play that out. That was a meaningful, not throwaway oh. thing. And we have to deal with the crowd on the bus could get hurt. So all of this makes the action more exciting. And they do this 
repeatedly. I mean, they have a car chase where they're fighting guys on motorcycles, and the movement of the cars is adding extra complications. We have a fight that goes out windows in Macau, and they're fighting on scaffolding outside mm-hmm. the building. All these fights have these complications. So all the incremental threats along the way, until the very end, mm-hmm. when Wu is dead, the big bad monster has killed him, and now we have the first simple conflict. But oh my god, it is a Cthulian nightmare. It is the best visualization i think of a cthulian nightmare i've ever seen in film and he will destroy world after world if not stopped Mm -hmm. and so if they lose anything in the conflict being one-dimensional they gain it in scope Mm -hmm. and then the resolution works and it all worked Mm -hmm. and those are what you need you need characters you care about you need threats that feel real And you need a resolution that's satisfying. And if you can do those things, you can make a successful movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think those work. Now, some other Marvel movies like uh, Winter Soldier, I think were a mixed bag. Some things worked and some didn't. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Uh, Specifically in Winter Soldier, I thought the biggest problem was the resolution. I thought Mm -hmm. the movie fell apart in the third act. But we're not going to go into that now. Instead, we're going to call it. This is uh, We're going to be back next week, back with some of our regular material. Uh, we're going to move into the next Neil Gaiman storyline of The Sandman. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about the life of George Perez, who unfortunately we lost this past summer. Aww. This past summer sucked. Yeah. It really sucked. This has not been the year. So I want to wish everybody a good week. And we'll see you when class is back. But for now... Class is dismissed. Class is over, but before you leave your seats, we have one more teaching moment. New podcasts drop on Mondays and Thursdays. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tons of other platforms, as well as YouTube. Our hosting is at comicscourse.captivate.fm, which also has our RSS feed. If you want to find our website, TikTok, any of that other stuff, Constantly updated list is at linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Prof Hamby.